the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. With a reasonable answer for the hope that lies within us, this is Contending for the Faith with Dr. Jerry Buckner. And now, to introduce Dr. Jerry Buckner, here's Gary Bell. Well, good evening and welcome to another exciting edition of Contending for the Faith. We are the cutting-edge Christian apologetic ministry addressing the issues and challenges facing today's church. And we are live, live for the next hour with your host, Bay Area pastor, lecturer, counselor, and expert on the cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. Well, you may or may not be aware that there is a war raging all around us. It's not a war of guns and missiles. However, in the end, it may prove to be just as deadly. It's not a war over land and territories, but it is a war to capture and influence the hearts hearts and minds of our society. It is a cultural war. Tonight, we bring you part 8A in the series that's talking about 10 cultural and current issues that affect us as individuals, that affect our families, our churches, our communities, and our world at large. These cultural and current issues not only affect us, but can lead us in the wrong direction, a direction that is away from God and a direction that is away from our fellow man. The real issue is how do we respond to these 10 cultural and current issues from a biblical and apologetic perspective? Well, for the answer to this and much, much more, stay tuned, for we are not pretending We are contending for the faith. Dr. Buckner, how are you tonight? Brother Gary, I'm truly blessed. And thank you so much for that uh, wonderful and challenging and uplifting um, introduction. And we want to thank everybody out there in Radio Land for joining us for another edition of Contending for the Faith. And we trust that you are going to be blessed tonight in many ways. And we want to encourage you to get your pens and papers and your uh, Bibles, and as well as get by a table so you can take some good notes. Uh, our text has been with this series, uh, Romans 13 and verse 11, uh, and our title has been, Not Woke Up, But Awaken Up. And that's what the Bible uses, the word awake, you know, you know, to wake up in the midst of the darkness and the dark world by which we are living in. And the Apostle Paul says it's high time to awake. You know, the night is far spent, the day is at hand. You know, people are living in the night. And the reason why they don't want to come to the light is because Jesus said in John 3, man loved darkness more than the light, lest their deeds may be made manifest. They just love the darkness. You know, you can't say that uh, atheism, agnosticism, and uh, skepticism 
is the reason why they don't come to God. It's just that they love darkness more than the light. That's what Jesus said. He's the greatest authority on this. Now, we are talking uh, about uh, some things that's bringing us to part eight in this series. And uh, we are talking about the transgender issues. And let me say something about this by way of introduction. Now, there is a growing movement, and I would say occultic, I would put it in the level of occultic confusion of this transgenderism. It's a, it's, it's like a cult today, you know, the beliefs, the practices, and all of the other things that go with it, just like a cult uh, that we face today in our world that's going contrary to the word of God. Well, transgenderism is doing the same thing. And you may want to make a note of that. This is like a cult today. You know, it is a cult. And so there's a growing movement designed to confuse children. Uh, they are uh, about uh, attacking the uh, God's design, the Imago Dei, uh, by which God has created uh, us in the image of God. That's the number one thing that Satan attacks to try to get at God is the Imago Dei, the, the design and the purpose by which God has made all of us. And this transgenderism can be uh, a situation by which they try to change one's body in saying that a boy can be a girl and a girl can be a boy. And uh, so, and they emphasize the transgender mutilation. Now, you want to make a note of that, transgender mutilation. Why do I say that? Because they want to mutilate the private parts of a male and a female to try to make it the opposite of the way God has made it. And they are dealing with children now, telling them that their private parts and their body was not the way uh, it should be and the way God designed it. You know, that's not only blasphemy, but that's abomination. And and God don't take those things lightly. And the sad thing about all of this is that the government is funding this abomination and will be accountable for it before God. You know, God don't take it lightly when you take advantage of his children. You know, the children are the apple of God's eye. And we see in the Old Testament, when they were throwing the children to the fire, to the God Molech, God judged the, the people, even his own people, the nations, and he judged his own followers for falling into and giving in to that foolishness. Now, uh, I want to continue to say some things by way of introduction on this. Uh, tonight, uh, I want to get into the eighth current cultural problem of our day. And that is transgender issues and the serious problem of our day with that. Now, listen, listen to this. Transgender debate is becoming a real spiritual warfare and a stronghold in our society and the world around us. Issues as education, transgenderism is in our education system, in our colleges, it's in the law. It's in the government, it's involved with entertainment, it's involved with religion, and sad to say, it's involved with some liberal churches and even 
liberal apostate churches have fallen into this cross-haired situation, the transgender debate in our culture. Now, uh, I also want to talk about uh, five things every Christian must know. Now, this is under this part eight. Five things every Christian must know about transgender debate today. Now, number one is this. Number one is this. Make a note of this and write it down. Transgender issues is not biological. It's behavioral. Now, let me say that again. Transgender issues is not biological. It's behavioral. It's a behavioral issue. They try to make it a biological. Now, this is a good apologetic point that we need to be bringing out. The, the Bible, there's another B. The Bible is very clear that you are not born transgender, but a person chooses to change their gender from the natural to the unnatural because of uh, behavioral environmental choices. Now, according to the Apostle Paul in Romans chapter 1, when they do this, they're trying to change the natural unto the unnatural. Now, that's what the Apostle Paul says, and that's what they're trying to do. With all this mutilation and all this crazy stuff that they're doing to children and to teenagers and to adults, it starts with the two Ps in Romans chapter 1. When you get into the first P, which is perversion, Make a note of that. You get into the first P, perversion, then the second P will be penalty. So Paul is really laying out in Romans chapter 1, not only uh, people who fall victim and fall into this sin of the trying to change the natural into the unnatural, but he mentions, even though he don't mention the word uh, perversion and penalty, that's what he lays out in that chapter because when God gives them up, to a reprobate mind, that's the penalty. And then, you know, the perversion is that they're changing the natural, trying to change the natural into the unnatural. So when we look at all of these different Bs too, I'm gonna go back to these Bs now, uh, because there's a war between the B, the biological, and then a war with the behavioral, because it's a behavioral issue. and then I must say that the only way we're going to solve the problem of the transgender issue is that we need to get right with the, this B, that's the Bible. Because when we get right with the Bible, that B, then we'll get right with the second B, the biological. And then we'll get right with the third B, which is the behavioral. You see how all of this fits together? People are all discombobulated into this thing of sin because they're putting the biological uh, before the Bible and then their behavior get all messed up and everything like that. Now, we as Christians, uh, in disagreeing with the transgenderism, does not mean that we are denying the pain of their gender struggles. There is an uh, enormous difference between the political aspects of the current cultural war surrounding transgenderism 
and the reality that these are people created in the unique, precious image of God who have genuine struggles with gender dysphoria, which is a condition where a person senses that their gender identity and how they feel about being male or female may not align with their biological sex and experiences and emotional distress and as a result. So we as Christians need to let the transgender community know that even while we don't agree with them, that there are sinful practices that is contrary to the word of God, that we as born again Christians love them for Christ's sake. And we need to show more love towards those involved with the transgender rather than just criticizing them and tearing them down. I see some Christians do that and they destroy their testimony and their witness because we're all sinners uh, and many of us are saved by grace, but you know, you better check yourself where you wreck yourself because God wants us to show love and compassion regarding these people, but yet not sell out the truth. We as Christians are also ready to listen to them, pray for them, witness to them, and seek to understand their pain that they go through and, and what they're facing deeply. And we pray for them and desire the best for them. Now, let me say this in conclusion. The Bible says that Jesus, when he saw the multitudes, this is in Matthew 9 and 36 and Mark 1 and 41 and Mark 14 and verses 14 through 21 and Matthew 15 and verse 32. The Bible says when Jesus saw the great multitudes before him, he was moved with compassion upon the multitudes. And we need to be Christ-like. That's what it says in Philippians 2 and 5, let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus. We need to be moved with compassion too. Our compassion needs to not be a compassion where we are just letting our feelings dominate faith, but faith must dominate feelings. And our compassion must not be feelings with unrighteous anger, but godly anger. And uh, in the midst of the tension by which we disagree with them, but our compassion must be moved with love and justice. Love and justice must be mixed together and not compassion uh, where we get to the point where we confuse, contradict, and compromise. We need to deal with sin and cause sin the way it is, the way God reveals it in his word. As Christians, we are ground on our convictions and God's unchanging perfect word and we must speak with compassion in our hearts and i want to leave you with this first corinthians 6 and 9 and the apostle paul says this now a lot of people don't want to hear it but that's bible not buckner but bible and paul says under the leadership of the holy spirit those who practice this immoral lifestyle will not inherit the kingdom of god now you wanna ask me a question and say, what, what must I do to not inherit the kingdom of God? Because you know we always said, what must you do to inherit? What must I do to not inherit the kingdom of God? Well, just keep practicing immoral lifestyle because the apostle Paul says, those who practice these things, whether it is transgenderism, 
homosexuality, lesbianism, whether it is fornication and adultery and pornography and lust. You know, the Bible is clear. Those who practice these things, 1 Corinthians 6 and 9, will not inherit the kingdom of God. My prayer right now, I'm going to pray with you right now. I want you to repeat after me with this prayer. Whoever is hearing me, dear Lord, I come before you confessing my sins. And I also repent of my sins. And may I just ask you to become Lord of my life and Savior of my life. Empower me by your spirit. Help me to get in a well, healthy, balanced church so I can grow in grace in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says and to the churches. Brother Gary. Well, all right, it's time for us to take a commercial break. We'll be right back with more of Contending for the Faith. You're listening to Contending for the Faith on AM 1100 KFAX, the spirit of the Bay. Well, welcome back to Contending for the Faith with your host, Bay Area pastor, lecturer, counselor, and expert on the cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. I'm Gary Bell. Once again, if you need prayer, we're here to pray with you. And speaking of prayer, we just want to thank all of you who have been praying for uh, Contending for the Faith, especially over these many, many years. I always like to say, there's those of you who have been with us from day one. We were we used to be on for two hours on Saturday night. And uh, some of you remember those days. And talk about how Dr. Buckner and I sound so much younger and wet behind <laughs> the ears back then. <laughs> That's so true. And uh, <clears throat> time has a lot of change. <laughs> yeah. And uh, to, to us, it's, it, we, it's just a gradual change. We don't, we don't notice it, but if we go back and listen to those old broadcasts, it's, it's apparent. <laughs> we, we haven't gotten older. We've just gotten more well-seasoned, you know. <laughs> and so we, we know many of you have, have been listening that long. It's, it's such a blessing to know that you're there, that you're praying for us, and that you're supporting this ministry um, and keeping us going. We appreciate your prayers. We also appreciate your letters and, and cards. So you know, don't stop writing us. We love to hear from you that way as well. And we also thank you, uh, those of you who have partnered with us financially, because this is a listener-supported ministry. And uh, you know, as I always say, Dr. Buckner and I don't receive any payment. Uh, everything you give goes right back into paying for airtime, and that's exactly how we like it, so that we can keep doing what God has called us to do. And uh, so we thank you for your prayers, and we thank you for your giving. There's two ways that you can donate. Uh, you can address a check or money order to Contending for the Faith, Post Office Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. That's Contending for the Faith, Post Office Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. And now the second way is so much easier. You just go online to contendingfaith.org. That's contendingfaith.org and click on the donate button and you'll be a blessing for time and eternity. It's that simple. And we just want to encourage you to continue to pray. And as God has enabled you to continue to, to be a blessing through your giving, it's so important. 
We just want to remind you or let you know that uh, next Saturday, uh, Dr. Buckner will be with his family in Houston, Texas. You know, I hope he's not following the heat because we're cooling down. I don't know what they're doing in Texas next weekend. <laughs> but here in California, we have had a serious heat wave. Um, so we will be bringing you uh, the best of contending for the faith next week. Won't be a live broadcast, but uh, tune in anyway because you'll be able to hear one of our better programs. And uh, we just want to encourage you to keep listening. Uh, so again, it won't be a live broadcast. You won't be able to phone in, but you can always listen in. All right, Dr. Buckner, ready for the call? Yes, before we get to the callers, uh, thank you, Gary, so much for that uh, announcement. I just want to read a wonderful letter from Sophia, and we appreciate her as well as uh, her support and always her wonderful letters. And we want to encourage more people to uh, not only send in your uh, support for the ministry, but uh, give us some encouraging letters. Let me read this uh, to the listening audience so you can get blessed by her encouraging words. Dear Dr. Buckner and Brother Gary, when I donate to Contending for the Faith, it is only time I am certain to receive a, a return on my investments. The Word of God is clear about what is awaiting born-again Christians in heaven and no economic downturn, inflation, or market crash can adversely affected. Thank you both for your amazing wisdom and faithfulness. Dr. Buckner, you have taught me that the word of God and consistent prayer are our only protectors. This truth has saved me and given me hope that I can enter God's kingdom, uh, God's willing. May God continue to bless contending for the faith with love, gratitude, and consistent prayer. Sophia, and then she has at the bottom here, P.S. God bless Vince, who is the wind beneath your wings. Miller's song. Miller's <laughs> song. So you both can soar to wonderful heights with the word of God every week on air. How about that, Brother Gary? All right. How about that, Brother Vince? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> Brother, yes. Uh, hopefully, Brother Vince have heard that. Uh, she loves Brother Vince as well. And what a good word for Brother Vince. So uh, we appreciate uh, Sophia and this wonderful letter. And God continue to bless you. And right. Vince, our engineer, for those of you who are not aware, he, he is the wind beneath our wings. He keeps the, the electronics and all the technology going and uh, troubleshoots everything. So we really appreciate uh, how God uses Vince. Amen. I was saying amen to that, my brother. Mm -hmm. All right. So we have uh, Brother Rick on line one. Brother Rick, how you doing? I'm blessed. How about yourself? We are truly blessed as well. I, tr I trust that, uh, we trust that you got a good word out of the message uh, tonight. How did it minister to you? I mean, one, one of the things that always uh, affected me when I became a Christian one of one of, one of the one of the one of the words that was uh, shared with me is that you are a creative life, mm -hmm. and why why mess with why why would mess with why mess with something unnatural? And this Good is what question. we're sharing tonight. Yes, mm -hmm. we're already we're already. I, I I mean I learned it both in Latin the Imago Dei, 
Yes. And in the Hebrew, Beselim Elohim, mm-hmm. which is which would both which both mean the image of God. Mm-hmm. And, and that's how God 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 intended to make us beautiful. Mm-hmm. And we're trying to make things ugly. So that's that's one of the things that really hits me tonight. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for that, brother. Really why 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 marvel with God that he has created so beautifully? Mm-hmm. And what the enemy has come is to still kill and destroy everything that God has made in His image. And uh, so we want to encourage people: don't allow the enemy to do that. Well, you had a question tonight. Uh, you always bring a good yeah. question. But what's on your heart tonight? Okay. We know that in the news we hear about the option of abortion when there's an unwanted pregnancy. How come nobody talks about adoption? And where in the Bible does the, uh, where in the Bible is, is, where is, is adoption endorsed? Oh, thank you, Brother Rick, for that, uh, question and that's a really good one because you don't hear too many people on the airways talking a lot about uh, adoption and i want to deal with that but first i want to recommend a tremendous movie i was talking to gary about it life mark uh, with kurt cameron and it's a tremendous uh movie uh in the theaters now uh about uh, the whole issue of uh you know abortion and the importance of uh, adoption and stuff like that. So, uh, if you haven't seen that, I want to encourage people to go see Life Mark. Uh, Kurt Cameron is one of the producers, and it just will blow you away and it will encourage you and bless you. I want to encourage people to go see that, take your church uh, to see it uh, with you. Because when you get these Christian movies out that's powerful, you need to fill the place up. I went to see it the other day, and I said, looked around and said, this place should be filled up with people. But it was not that many people there. But movies like this, Christians should be filling up the theaters. So we want to encourage people on that. Now, let me get to your uh, question here about the uh, adoption issue and what does the Bible have to say about it. Well, when I think about this, I think about um, and hopefully I have some time to finish this up with you. If not, we'll continue with the commercial. Uh, when I think about this subject matter of adoption and what the Bible has to say about it, uh, the, I believe the Bible stresses at least about four adoption stories in the Bible. I would say, um, you know, when you talk about Israel being adopted by God too uh, in the Old Testament, uh, that would be probably like a, a fifth one. But I would say that the first uh, adopted uh, story in the Bible, even though it doesn't use the word um, adoption, the, from the legal standpoint, it's referring to that. And that was Moses in the book of Exodus, you know. And so Moses' mother, you remember, she put him on the bulrush and he went down the Nile River and uh, Pharaoh's daughter you know, sent the maiden out and got uh, Moses, and then they adopted uh, Moses. So that, and God's hand was upon that because they were trying to kill all of the males. And that's what they're doing with uh, abortion today, killing uh, babies. And God diverted that situation and and protected uh, Moses. And then I would say the second one, 
would be, uh, and I'm going to encourage people to write these points down too. Uh, the second one would be uh, Esther uh, transformed from orphan to queen. And so we see that the tragedy struck Esther at an early age following the death of both parents, and she became an orphan. For Esther, for her cousin, some people say Uncle Mordecai, invited her into his family through adoption. And at that point, she was given a new chance of life which every uh, baby should have that. And, uh, and years down the road, she ended up uh, falling in love and marrying the king who was enchanted by her beauty. However, after a disagreement with Mordecai, the king decided to not only assassinate Mordecai, but also the entire Jewish community. And at this point, uh, Brother Rick, Esther was uh, forced to bravely plead with her husband to spare her people. She knew that simply going before the king without invitation might mean losing her life. She became bold, but after pleading for the safety of the Jewish people, the king listened to her and removed the death sentence. Uh, in this story, we see how God was able to work through Esther and bring deliverance to the Jewish people all of this would not have been possible if it was not for Mordecai. Without the love of her adopted parent, Esther wouldn't have been given the, the fair chance and could not have freed her people years later. Now, the third person that I think of is uh, Joseph. Uh, Joseph accepted Jesus as his own. Now, you say Jesus was adopted? Oh, <laughs> This is some good stuff. Yes, Jesus himself was adopted. And I tell you, when somebody uh, is having a struggle, because one parent one time said, you know, he adopted some kids. He said, I can't understand. And he was a Christian parent. I can't understand what they are feeling about their biological parent. But he told them about Jesus and this, and this story that I'm talking about. And he said, Jesus understands. See, uh, he understands. So we know... In Matthew 1 and chapter 1, verse 18, Jesus was born from uh, through the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary. Even though Jesus was not, uh, even though uh, uh, Jesus was not his, uh, Joseph was not his biological father, Joseph adopted Jesus as his own. Uh, together, he and Mary raised Jesus Christ, became part of the story that changed the world. In Joseph's faithfulness and obedience to the Lord, he cared for the support and they loved baby Jesus just as a natural father would. And this, in this incredible story example, we see the extent to which an adopted parent loves adopted child as their own. And I'm gonna say this, the last one, is uh, God adopted all of us as Christians into his spiritual family. Now, uh, Muslims don't understand this. I did a teaching on this a while back. Muslims don't understand this because they are servants of Allah. They're outside. When we become adopted, we become, the Bible teaches that in the book of Romans and Ephesians talked about, we become adopted sons and daughters and joint heirs with Christ. I mean, we think about being adopted, that's one thing. But to become a joint heir equal in that adoption as sons with Christ? And, you know, 
and the and the servant he always was outside trying to get in but the son like the prodigal son he came right into the father's presence and that's what happens with us now uh, Ephesians 1 and 5 talks about God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great delight. The story of the Bible is the story of adoption, and we are all adopted into God's spiritual family as chosen sons of God, and we are welcomed with open arms feel the love of his family. In this way, the Bible directly uses adoption as a picture of what God has done for us and shows God's love for us. And when somebody tries to say this in closing on that, when somebody tries to say, well, you know, what about the, the Jews and the Gentiles? We're both equally adopted. You know, there's neither Jew, Greek, bond or free. We're all one. So when somebody tries to teach this false teaching that Jews are separate from Gentiles, no, God has grafted us in. Read the book of Romans chapter 11. God has grafted us in as all one. We're all one in Christ. And that's what Christ prayed for, that we be one, even as he and the Father are one. So hopefully, I went into this a little more detail, Brother Rick, uh, but hopefully that uh, was a blessing to you. It made me think. It made me think a lot more. I mean, the stuff, the the information is there. I just have to be be awakened. I just I I just need to be awakened to it. Mm-hmm. Amen. Well, that's what uh, good Bible teachers do. They uh, bring some uh, awaken us to some things. And uh, what we're gonna do is uh, turn over to Gary and go to a commercial. She stay on because we got only you right now. So. We can come back and then you could uh, tell us what you got out of uh, each one of uh, those points. What, which one of those points ministered to you the most? Brother Gary. All right. <clears throat> it's time for us to take that commercial break. We'll be right back with more of Contending for the Faith. You're listening to Contending for the Faith on AM 1100 KFAX, the spirit of the Bay. All right. Well, welcome back to Contending for the Faith with your host, Bay Area pastor, lecturer, counselor, and expert on the cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. I'm Gary Bell. So we just want to thank all of you who have been praying for Contending for the Faith and all of you who have been partnering with us financially to keep the program on the air. It's just been such a blessing to have you partnered with us and with the Lord on this vital ministry. We've been on the air for quite a long time, and we know it's a result of so many faithful listeners, faithful prayers, and faithful givers. And we just can't thank you enough for all of your faithfulness. There's two ways that you can continue to donate. One is uh, address a check or money order to Contending for the Faith, Post Office Box 553, Tiburon, California, T-I-B-U-R-O-N, California, 94920. That Contending for the Faith, Post Office Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. 
Second way, again, it's so much simpler. Just go online to contendingfaith.org, contendingfaith.org, and click on the donate button. And it's that simple. It'll be a blessing for time and eternity. We also want to remind you that next week we won't be live in the studio, but we will be bringing you one of the best of Contending for the Faith episodes. So you'll be able to listen in, you just won't be able to call in. But that's still important because uh, we want you to hear the message, uh, take notes, and uh, encourage others to listen as well. All right, Dr. Buckner, we were on the phone with Brother Rick. Brother Rick, do you have any prayer requests before we uh, let you go? Pray for me to have strength uh, to carry on. It's been it's been a tough week in terms of uh, moving my body and everything else like that. Mm-hmm. So I need I need prayer around that right now. Okay. Well, we're going to do that. We're going to ask Brother Gary to pray for you uh, right now, Brother Gary. Lord, we just thank you, Brother Rick. We pray, Lord God, you keep him going strong, Lord God. You heard the cry of his heart, Lord God. Give him strength around his body. Touch his body from the crown of his head to the bottom. And we just pray, Lord God, for that strength. And also uh, help him to maintain his joy, his peace, Lord God, that he would have an attitude of gratitude in spite of the situation. Help him to know that he is truly blessed and highly favored in God's eyes. Give him strength and encouragement in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Uh, Thank you, Brother Rick, for your call and your good question as well. All right, Brother Gary, I think, I believe we have another caller, don't we? Yes, we have David on line two. Brother David, how are you doing? Fine. Fine yourself. We're truly blessed, brother. And uh, uh, you have something on your heart tonight, a question for us? Yes. uh, The topic you start off with uh, is beautiful. You said nothing but the truth. Like always, 99 plus 99,000 percent of the time. <laughs> and uh, it, when I talk to people about that, some of them get upset and get mad. But the thing I don't understand is when uh, the president got uh, elected, why were the black people so happy in this conference? And most of the older women and black men congratulating him on signing a bill to help abort more black babies. How is how how did we get this far off uh, balance? Well, that's a very good question. Well, you know, the uh, the black community, the majority of the black community uh, have come out of the democratic uh, tradition uh, from childhood on up. And uh, it goes all the way back to uh, you know, which some, something you can't understand as well is, you know, the Democrats uh, back during the time of Abraham Lincoln, he was a Republican. Uh, he was against uh, uh, against slavery and the Democratic Party was for slavery. But, uh, you know, so many of the uh, blacks got uh, influenced by the Democratic Party and early in history. Uh, and as a result of that, that uh, had a lot to do with it, uh, why they think the way they do today. And then when you couple that mentality with liberalism, so uh, if a person has not been discipled uh, into uh, solid 
Christian orthodoxy, uh, and they come from a liberal perspective, and you couple that with the democratic thinking, uh, then it causes one to be supportive of abortion uh, and uh, even going as far as even supporting homosexuals and that sort of thing. So, and homosexual marriage. So, it's a it's a problem definitely. And anybody that's sane and got a Bible basic Bible knowledge like yourself and me and Brother Gary. Uh, we look at that stuff and say, how in the world could they do that? But it fits into what Paul was saying, right? In Second Timothy chapter 4, he said, the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers who will tickle their ears and the truth of God shall be made into mythology. All this stuff is mythology. It's not theology, mythology. So Paul, in his day, was dealing with uh, people uh, doing the same thing. You know, a lot of them were in the church and falling for all of this mythology and falling away from the truth. And, uh, and you know, and Jesus said, you'll know them by their fruit. They were doing it with Jesus too. And so it's nothing really new. It's always been the state of apostasy. And then I'm going to put one more thing with this. You read Second Thessalonians chapter 2. The Apostle Paul says, before the man of sin is revealed, the son of perdition is revealed, that there will be a great falling away. So part of the biblical prophecy is that there's going to be a great falling away and apostasy before the man of sin is revealed. And this is happening right before our eyes. But we look at our own people. I'm, I'm black. Gary's black. And it, it, it hurts our hearts. It saddens us. But if you... If you come up on the Democratic Party and you come up under the liberal views, uh, then you might as well throw in there uh, abortion too, and that's what uh, a lot of them fall for and fall for what the government is doing around a lot of this other crazy stuff. So hopefully that helps out. Gary, you want to add anything to that? Well, again, it goes back to we have to realize what the spirit that's at work behind all this stuff. Mm -hmm. It's so easy to get our eyes on a group or uh, our people or their people or this group or that group. And oftentimes we have to remember that, you know, Ephesians says we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and spiritual wickedness in high places. And so there is a spirit at work in this world and our government that is trying to uh, steal, kill and destroy uh, all the time. And it's so easy. And it's also, you know, the devil's earliest and most effective tactic has always been to divide, you know, to get set one group against another. You know, that's why racism, I think, is one of his biggest tools. And that he uses this all the time. He keeps stirring this thing up. You know, we go through these phases where it seems like all of a sudden, um, you know, we're doing things. You know, I, I don't understand. I remember in the 90s that uh, we we were experiencing a, a sense of, of everybody getting along, shall I say. There was more of, let's talk about all this inclusion and all of this, uh, you know, the things that we're dealing with today it was just happening naturally. Um, and now all of a sudden it's like, oh, wow, this is the first time we've ever had um, 
you know, this kind of emphasis. And, uh, you know, we've never seen blacks in TV or movies. I think, what is going on here? You know, why are people forgetting the past? You know, things, things were getting better. And it's like all of a sudden someone realized, wait a minute, we can't have this getting better. We got to stir this up again. And it's like all of a sudden we are now embroiled into this divisive. Everything is divisive. Uh, politics, we're sitting on either side of the aisle, race on either side of the aisle. You know, all of this uh, stuff is happening. And uh, again, it, it, if we keep our eyes on people, we're going to be upset with people all the time. We're going to look at people all the time and, re- and not realize that we have a common enemy, and that's, and that's Satan. And he's at work and he's busy, and we need to call it out and get our eyes off of people and begin to have a heart of compassion. And a lot of times we talk about these issues, especially when we're talking about transgenderism, and <clears throat> people are deceived and caught up in, in uh, foolishness. And, you know, I always tell people, look, it's the same you. I don't care what you cut off or what you artificially put on. It's the same you inside. And a lot of these people go through all of these changes and get to the end of the transition and realize they still feel the same way. It's the same you. You just change the outside. Right. And so we have to get uh, ourselves you know, the scripture says, renew our minds, get back into the truth of God's word. Anyway, that's what I was, all I want to say. Amen. Well, hopefully that uh, uh, helps out, uh, Brother David. And that, yeah, it helped, helped out a whole lot. And uh, ever since I was introduced to you guys' program, I've been stuck on it. And I don't have no plans of going nowhere, getting off of it. And every chance me and my wife get some money, we'll send it. Thank you. I oh, thank you guys. You so I thank you guys for everything. You got it. Thank you so much for your call and your question as well. Uh, thank you. We'll hope to speak with you again. All right. Do you have any prayer requests? Yes. Uh, just pray for my family so we, we stay strong in the Lord. And, uh, and you know, just keep our eye on him. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. <clears throat> All right. Well, Lord, we just thank you for Brother David. We lift up his family, Lord God. We pray that you would meet every need that's represented in this household, whether it's a physical need, whether it's an emotional need, whether it's a financial need. Your word says that our God shall supply all of our needs according to his riches and glory through Christ Jesus. And so, Lord, we just thank you for him. We pray that you continue to keep them strong, keep them in the word. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I hear the theme music. It looks like we've come to the end of tonight's exciting broadcast. We'd like to thank Vince, our engineer, and you, our listening audience, for being part of tonight's program. It's important for us to hear from you, your letters and cards, and encouragement to us. So please drop us a note. Let us know how this program has blessed you. Uh, Once again, we will not be in the studio next week, but uh, you can listen to the best of Contending for the Faith. So please keep us in your prayers until next time when we once again give you the opportunity to ask questions, make comments, and dialogue with Dr. Buckner, always with one purpose in mind, to equip, exhort, and better enable you to contend for the faith. Gary Bell, may God richly bless you. Three 
Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.